0: All right, coming up in this episode, it's actually going to be part one of a two-parter. Uh, my, my, uh, my friend Ian Goldsmith came on. The NBA season is right around the corner, and that means that there is, there's truly only one man for the job, and it's my friend Ian. So uh, he was willing to give up a lot of his time on a whatever night of the week, Monday night, and uh, like I said, it ran long, so we split this into two parts. This is going to be part one coming up. We talked sort of breaking down where teams would be going into the season and rather than talk about the traditional um, playoff teams, who's in, who's out, who's the play-in tournament, we came up with this idea of Ian's, which was let's look at it in tiers and groups, which he is fond of doing, and then we broke it down from that level. So that is coming up here in part one, NBA Mega Preview with the one and only NBA Ian Goldsmith. All right. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. It's eight days right from the start of the NBA season. And so there's only one guest I wanted on my podcast for the occasion. NBA, it says it in his name, Ian Goldsmith. (laughs) Hello.
1: Hello. Insert air horn noise here. Is it really eight days out already from the NBA season? So
0: I think when i when I booked you, because uh-huh. as you just stated, you are a very busy man. Right, right. Um, <laughs> I think I looked at this week because I think it does. This is this is really good. We're going to talk about the NBA, and we're not exactly sure when the season yeah. starts. We are so ready.
1: It's just our gut felt it. It's like you know what? It is time. It is time <laughs> to chat hoops. Uh, I realize. So this is my fourth time on, which thank you. Every time I think will be my last because I'm like I, you know, I screwed that up. Um, But this is my fourth time on, and I realized the other three times it was. We're following a pattern here where it was uh, end of the season, kind of talking big picture, like legacy of the recent finals MVP, and then like October ish preseason. So maybe this is the year we'll get a mid season pod in too. But
0: (laughs) yeah, you know, we talk about it, and then suddenly we blink, and as time passes, that's how it goes. It's like Mm -hmm. six months later. But I do like that little uh, tradition of starting, ending the season chatting hoops with you beginning the season chatting hoops with you uh it's a good regulator it's like you said it it sits in your gut it's like all right it's go time i'm looking at the calendar i'm like okay when am i gonna talk to ian about hoops because it's uh to quote chido recently talking to him Mm -hmm. he's like getting together with you guys is like a it's like scratching an itch so ah
1: yes scratch we are we are itchy and we are gonna (laughs) scratch we're gonna scratch
0: tonight we're itchy people. So we we talked about breaking it down, how we wanted to talk about it, and yeah. I I that's as far as I got. I got this cool sheet that I kept track of some stuff, uh-huh. and um, I even as the guide of this podcast, I don't even know where to start. Do you want to just should we start with uh, the records and looking at playoffs because I was very intrigued. You said you had some tiers that we debated. Should I know what they are ahead of time? I like what we went with. The answer no. Um, but is that cool? Should we start there?
1: Yeah, let's do it. I'll, I'll give a, a quick little preamble to how I got here. Uh, so when we had did a little pre-pod uh, chit-chat, we talked about kind of doing what we did last year, where we were going to um, kind of give our, our rankings, predictions, you know, and who's in the playoffs, who's in the play-in, etc. And I started staring at these teams, and I got so overwhelmed because it was. <laughs> It was the same feeling I felt last year and then magnified, which was that this is going to be a bloodbath, I think. I think there's a couple teams at the top. I think there's a couple teams at the bottom. And the middle, like, 25 teams or so are just going to be duking it out and could go so many directions. So that's how I ended up going more in the, like, I grouped the teams based on kind of how I thought of them. Um, but, yeah, so if you want me to... to... I. I... I could not agree more with that
0: synopsis there of the top, the bottom, and everybody else in the middle. Uh, So the way that we looked at this, just a little background, you had the same guide, I guess, that I had where we looked at – I went way too into the numbers and looked at last year's win totals for every team as opposed to this year's over-unders for every team. Uh, And then we sort of – I divided it into the teams that were the playoff teams last year, the play-in teams last year and then those teams that were the not playoff teams. Um, and I guess you want to just hit me with your first category, and we agreed that you would lay out your uh, your tiers, and then I'll interject with you know any thoughts based on what I'm thinking there and then uh, those over-under win totals too, because I got a couple seeming locks, and then uh, some mm-hmm. thoughts on who's kind of floating above their mean from last year and below.
1: Great. So uh, top tier, I have – I have four tiers uh, and some of them have subgroups, but the top tier uh, is a softball one. It's just, it's the shoe group. Uh, these are the teams that I would be uh it's Kristen's shocked. right behind me. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if, uh, if in podcast world we could acknowledge that <laughs> your wife was on the screen. I was waving while still trying to uh, talk about who I thought the NBA title contenders were. Uh <laughs> she must have wanted to hear that part. Yeah, no, I, I understand. Well, it is very intriguing. Uh, unfortunately, none of this is a hot take. So the top tier group or otherwise the shoe in group, this is the the teams that if they don't make the playoffs, something like absolutely catastrophic happened. And so in the West, I just have the Nuggets. And in the East, I have the Celtics and the Bucks. Um, so to me, those are the clear three uh, teams that are in a separate category altogether from the NBA so far uh, I'm giving you a standing ovation that was perfect <laughs> uh,
0: because I when I'm looking at it I, I even now looking at it again I saw it earlier today when I was looking at this I see it again now there is there is a market drop-off between those three so I, I'm no qualms,
1: fully on board. Perfect. <laughs> Easy peasy. We did uh, text a little bit about the the Celtics and the Bucks big trades from a couple weeks ago. The the Dame and the Drew and <laughs> Did we and get all our did that. we get our starter jackets yet or are we still <laughs> Yeah. I'm dude, I'm all in on the Bucks. I They're sort of my hometown team. I love the Greek freak. I love the idea of Dame winning a title. We're we're gonna show up in full <laughs> full sweats the next time we see each other. <laughs>
0: did we Did we talk? I forget if we talked about this. the The idea of the Greek freak and Dame time and the nickname Freak Time.
1: Freak Time. (laughs) I think maybe you texted me Freak Time, and it took me a second to yeah. It took me a second to put two and two together. That's pretty good.
0: Can I uh, kind of feeding off that? So uh, again, fully on board with all that so far. Just three teams. Um, The Bucks have a the exact same over under for this season as the Celtics. So mm-hmm. I wanted to pose the question to you. I know my answer. Which of those two teams would you, if you were a betting man, go to Vegas and say, I would like to put money on this team being the um, uh, the number one seed coming out of the East this year? Mm.
1: Uh, begrudgingly, I think it is the Celtics. Okay. Uh, I think they are both the number one. They, I think they'll – they have. I actually think the Celtics have the best chance of winning the "quote unquote" new triple crown: the uh, regular season standings, best record, the in-season tournament, and then the NBA Finals. Um, I don't love it because I uh, am full full on rooting for the Bucks to come out of the East uh, just as a fan. But um, man, it's it's hard to not look at that Celtics roster uh, and and not think that the the combination of you know, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Drew Holiday, Chris Haps, Porzingis. You know, like if that, if that goes right, that is going to be very right. What about you?
0: Yeah, uh, I'm with you. And okay, so it's interesting that you said that because I, I would have said the same. You know, all the hype is on the Bucks. We've got Dame. We've got Giannis coming back. Um, that I think the, the, the popular opinion would be, oh, obviously it's the Bucks, but. I agree. I think the depth is an issue there for the bucks just a little bit that you are relying on two stars. You've got some solid role players, but for what he was worth, I don't like the dude, but Grayson Allen provided a little bit of something there up in Milwaukee. And you do have a first year coach that's coming in mm-hmm. that you is for all his faults with Joe Missoula, You don't have uh, learning on the fly in Boston like you do uh, up there for the buck. So I'm with you. I think it's the Celtics. Uh, and uh, I, I, that was a pretty easy thought for me that the Bucks might even take some games with Giannis and Dame to maybe not throw them away, but throw them away. You know, you're playing the Wizards mm-hmm. on a Tuesday night in February, eh, as opposed to really gunning for that overall record because it's a strategy that worked uh, eight months ago when the Nuggets sort of smooth, smooth-rided their, smooth-rided, their way <laughs> into the playoffs uh, so that they could – perform admirably in the playoffs
1: and obviously worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Giannis has always been one of those guys that, you know, hashtag no nights off. Like he's, you know, he's, he likes to play hard every minute, every game. And that's one thing I love about him. Um, but even with that said, I do think you're right. The the learning curve there, I think is going to be steeper for the bucks. And and that might be just the difference of a few games between the two.
0: He's, he's going to have the luxury to take games off this year that he hasn't really had. I mean, when, when, for His entire career, his, his two has been Chris Middleton, um, Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's an entirely separate stratosphere from the two that he's got the luxury of playing alongside. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm also not entirely convinced. So, where are we at nine minutes in? I'm not convinced that the Dame Giannis thing is going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, this is maybe a little, little take here. Um, it's, it's a little warm, uh, that. I, I just worry about a guy who's been so ball dominant with Giannis that he's been able to kick out to wings and Dame is the ultimate guy to
1: kick out to. But I just I worry about the synergy between the two of them. Yeah, so so for you it's more of like a getting their styles and their their ball time to to match. Is that what you're yes, it's it's the
0: diminishing of shots for Dame. It's the allowing for another mega superstar. This is not just a star that Giannis is playing with. This is a mega superstar coming in in Dame. He's going to have expectations. He's got a salary to match. And I think there's going to be some, you know, maybe 2010 Miami learning curve that's got to take place for these first few months of the season that um, could certainly impact them trying to go for the East best record. But also, you know, maybe this isn't a title contender this year, as much it is as it is next year, because they've had a full sixteen months to get to know each other and work off each other. They're still a title contender this year. I mean, don't get me wrong, but um, I wonder if next year is the true year to be on the lookout for
1: the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I think uh, to that point, it definitely though, like they don't have too much time under their belt. Because I think one thing is uh, Dame is is already kind of entering his like mid thirties. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, he has several years on his contract. But uh, if I'm if I'm the Bucks, I think I get a little nervous about that aging roster because Giannis is still very much in his prime. But you got Dame, you know, 33 going on 34. You have Middleton somewhere around that same age. Brooke Lopez is like 36 going on 37. So I mean, it's yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you on, on all those concerns for sure. But maybe it's... it is. Yeah. Next year. Yeah, I didn't
0: know if I, I didn't know if I was out cuckoo land with that thought, but I guess uh, you're backing me up a little. Uh, all right, so what's your
1: uh, what's your next tier yeah. down? You said you so, had four. Uh, so yeah, I kind of split this up into four tiers, but within some of these middle tiers, I had to split them into kind of subgroups just because there were too many in these tiers. So I'm actually uh, uh, I'm going to just going to skip right to the bottom because to me this is this is the the least interesting tier left in terms of. Uh, who it is because it's kind of a cold take it's what most rankings have at the bottom uh, i just have two teams in this like bottom like for for sure lottery bound and it's the wizards and i'm sorry matt i know they're your team but it's the hornets
0: yeah. don't and they, about those Hornets. they don't
1: they don't need to be my team uh i'm out they, <laughs> after they handle
0: the miles bridges situation like yeah. a drunk yeah. moron uh no i'm out on that um i'm with you i had the the hornets were a 27-win team last season. Their over-under was somehow higher than that at 30 and a half. That is absurd. Mm. They were an under for me. That's a lock that they would be less than they won last year, less than that 30. And the Wizards, interesting. I had them as a – their win total this year is is 11 games worse than last year. Mm. Um, I marked them as one of my teams that wasn't in the playoffs last year. I still don't think they're a playoff team this year. Uh, But I did not have them – I would not have put them in that category. I guess I probably okay. overlooked their crappiness. Um,
1: are the Pistons not a team that belongs in this category? Well, so I guess that's a good good segue. So uh, <laughs> maybe I'm going, hopefully not in reverse order here. But so so that's my bottom bottom tier. And then the next group up that I had, uh, I called the future starts early group. <laughs> okay. Uh, or alternatively, teams that ten years from now people will wonder how this many good players were on the same team, but still missed the playoffs. <laughs> okay, I like it. I like so it. so the, the thing that's, I think, going to be fun about this year is that even the bad teams can probably have some pretty good nights and pretty good games. Yeah, Because it's like you can only have so many high lottery picks for so many years in a row before eventually you have to be sort of good. So the Pistons, I would say, are <laughs> that that statement right there sums up so <laughs> many NBA franchises. You can only have so many lottery years in a row
0: before you are sort of good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like and some of these, you know, poverty franchises just I don't know what's going on there, but the, the Pistons are kind of borderline. Maybe they are bottom tier for me, but there is a world in which if if um, Monty Williams can figure out the rotations and really maximize some of their guys, like especially that backcourt between, uh, Cade, Jaden and Ivy, and uh, the the Thompson twin, um, uh, like I think, you know, between between them and you know they still got uh Bogdanovich and they got um they have some good guys. So like, I don't think they're making the playoffs, but they could be sneaky good. Um, so I had five teams in this uh, the future starts early group. Uh, I mentioned the Pistons already. The other East team I have is the Magic. So kind of in that okay, same group, we're like, love that. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs because somebody has to lose games just like mathematically. But I think they're going to be really good too, like on some nights, especially. And and they're they're going to be really good in a few years. I think um, the Blazers are interesting. A lot of people have the Blazers near the bottom, if not at the bottom of the West. But I don't know, man, we were talking. I think we were texting about the we Blazers. Were, we when, were. Uh, it's like when you start going down that roster and you're looking at, you know, obviously you have Scoot, you have Shaden Sharp, you have, um, I'm blanking on the other uh, guard's name. Um, uh,
0: Simons. Anthony Simons. Simons, thank you.
1: Yep, thank you. You have Simons, but then like they still have Jeremy Grant, who's a very serviceable player. They have DeAndre Ayton, who like, I've not been a huge Ayton fan, but the dude like was the number one draft pick like five years ago. So he's like a ser- He's a good center, not just average. He's like a good center. Well, but then.
0: And the combo of him and Robert Williams, yeah, on a nightly basis, those two combined, I mean, is that the best center on a nightly basis in the NBA? the, the two talents there coming together as one mega person.
1: Like the best forty-eight minutes of center play, it might yes. be. Yes. Yeah. It might be. And and honestly, I'd be curious to see if they find a way to play them together. I mean, maybe that won't work in terms of floor spacing and stuff, but like if you somehow get like Williams at the four. Uh, on some of these like lineups that they're rolling out. I don't know, man. Like it could, it could work. They also have, uh, Matisse Thybul, who has traditionally been a very good defender too. So I don't know. I, I'm not saying they're going to like be a sneaky playoff team, but they're going to be good. Um, good. Well, I was going to say, uh,
0: your first team there. who did you mention? Oh, the magic, the yeah. Magic were one that I looked at there over under, they had 34 wins last season they over under this year is 37 and a half. Hmm. So okay. you're you're telling me a team now I, I you know lining it up in the rest of the Eastern Conference. I'm 100% with you. I think it's a perfect category for this team. And this team to me, Wendell Carter is a serviceable piece. This is a team to me that looks like they could four more wins. I think this team could lock up that 38 wins that they need. Uh cuz what is it? What are you looking at? 38 and 44. This is a team that could do that. Um I think Paulo could be unbelievable this season. I think yeah. he, I mean, he was fantastic last season. He could explode this season and be an entirely
1: transcendent player. Agreed. Absolutely. And because, I mean, like, I think we've kind of, I think with all the Wemby hype, we sort of overlooked the prospect that Paulo is just how good he was his first year. Cause he had the most points for a rookie I forget the exact statistic but basically he had the highest scoring rookie season in like 20 years or something you know I mean he's like historically good for a person his age especially offensively but his combination of of size and athleticism and skill shooting I mean he he still has you know a way to go before he's like in that top tier of, of guys but I mean, if, if we, you know, suddenly it's like February and people are like kind of trying to, you know, uh, vote vote him into the All-Star game, I wouldn't be surprised. No, he's he's electric and he is really entertaining watch on a Monday
0: night NBA TV, the Magiker, you know, traveling to the nation's capital. He's worth watching. And yeah. so he's, he's surrounded by some solid rotation guys that makes that um, a good team. I think that's a good fit. Good category there.
1: Yeah. I had two more teams in this Future Starts Early group. You could also argue they were uh, lower tier. Um, But I have the Spurs and the Rockets. They're they're hard to place for me. So I'll I'll toss it to you. What are your thoughts on the Spurs and the Rockets, or where do you have them? (laughs)
0: Uh, So the Rockets, I thought, might be the worst team in the West. Mm. Um, I'm not convinced that they have accrued the talent and and are quite ready to make the jump From last year's 22 win team to the idea of Vegas giving them 10 more wins this season seems a little, uh, um, a little bold. And I I thought that was one worth locking in. I I don't, I could see maybe 30 and 52, but even that seems like quite the jump for a team that last year really was trying to figure itself out. For, but I, I could see them fit in this category. I think it's a good designation. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this team is. Uh, in four years it's like oh my gosh you had uh amen Thompson and and you had uh that the talent of Jalen green and oh my gosh the Spurs were a team that I actually as one of last year's non-playoff teams I actually had as a as an in question mark uh like is this a team that can win last year's uh cutoff line was 40 games is this a team that can put things together you've still got the legendary greg popovich mm-hmm. and you've got a dude who's an alien uh, was your first overall draft pick <laughs> uh, i wondered their over under was 28 and a half, which would be a six and a half game improvement from last season so i'm gonna throw it back to you again totally think the uh team
1: fits the category is Wemby worth seven wins mm-hmm. reset by vegas love this question uh you know, I think. Short answer: yes. Uh, I <laughs> I didn't say no right away either. <laughs> you know, I have been very careful to uh, be tepid about the the Wemby hype. I uh, admittedly, part of me, I'm feeling still a little stung from the Zion hype from like four years ago, because you know, I, I've I distinctly remember ESPN being like, "Could Zion win MVP as a rookie?" It's like, okay. Slow down ESPN, like hilarious in hindsight. Um, so I'm trying to keep my expectations in check. That said, uh, even just in the little bit, you know, of the preseason that we've seen him in and just just even the idea of him, like I think he's ready to be good now, right? And th- I think, uh, admittedly, I don't think I watched a singles players game last year. I'll admit that. Um, but I do know that they have good young talent and the big thing they were missing was exactly what Wemby provides. And so uh, between, you know, Popovich's uh, coaching and these other young pieces getting a year more improved, Wemby could be that missing piece where like suddenly seven more wins to me does not seem unreasonable. To me, if they underperform that, it, it just again goes back to the math of like, you could make the case every team in the West is better than last year. You know what I mean? So, like, right? Uh, so it really just I think boils down to the math. The, I was going, oops, the sorry.
0: Spurs just seem to have a, a team full of guys that if you were picking, you know, if you're collecting talent across the league, you wouldn't like go out of your way to be like, oh, give me Devonte Graham, I want him. But if it was presented as the option that you get, hey, here's Trey Jones, you get him on your team. Here's here's uh uh you know, Dougie McBuckets, here's Jeremy Sohan. You're not going, Oh, oh my god, I I can't believe that you're giving me this crap. You're actually kind of kinda like in a fantasy draft where you're just kinda like, Okay. I'll, yeah, I'll take that.
1: Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I think Here's the thing. If the Spurs have proven one thing, it's that they're a very smart franchise. And again, I don't know as much about a lot of these players. You know, the the Keldon Johnsons and and the the Jeremy so, Sohan Sohan Sochan. I don't even. So, know what name. did I just say? Sochan. It's Sohan. So, <laughs> whatever, yeah. No, well, <laughs> whatever, whatever I just I'll said. You. I Ninety seconds know. ago. <laughs> we'll scratch that out. No, but but you're right. It's like these are all guys that you know. Again, if presented, you're like, oh, like that's like a decent guy. And I think. I don't know. There, there's a world in which this goes uh, really right. Um, I did want to uh, very briefly touch on the Rockets. I get why Vegas has increased their odds on paper. I do think they're a team that like on paper should be better than they end up being. I can see this being a very dysfunctional yes. team. But the the to kind of zag from you, I think the case for the Rockets being better than that is... Um, Obviously, you know, their young core should hypothetically be better. Jalen Green, um, Sangoon, who is a uh, most improved player candidate. Um, But then obviously they drafted uh, Amin Thompson. Um, But then they added uh, Fred Van Fleet and Dylan Brooks in free agency to try to give them some more kind of veteran leadership-y set the tone. And I mean, I don't know if Dylan Brooks is necessarily the tone you want to set on your team, but you know. They're going for something. But then I think that the key piece here would be um, Ime Odoka they hired as the coach. So I think I think the case for the Rockets is that they've filled a lot of their roster gaps by either signing proven veterans or drafting new new players. And then, you know, they, they have a proven coach in there too. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, the,
0: the checklist for the Rockets is it goes really well. Van Vliet is an all-star Brooks is perfect as a veteran leader in that, in that uh, locker room. Uh, Udoka is a great fit. He's picking up right where he left up in Boston and all that talent continues developing. The The things go terribly wrong. Fred Van Vliet was terribly overpaid. Dylan Brooks is, is a jerk off. Uh, Udoka is just not cut for this uh, in Houston. And this talent goes sideways. Jalen Green wants out. Jabari Smith wants more playing time. It, or it could be a combination of those two, but yeah, it's it's gonna be uh, as temperamental in Houston
1: as uh, Dylan Brooks' <laughs> attitude. Yeah, hundred percent. I it, I think they're a very hit or miss team. Um, all right. So it, it seems like we're kind of going bottom up, and I'm okay with that. So so the next group I have. So this is my other group that's in kind of that lower middle tier, kind of like play in bubble type of teams. Okay. I called this the. Uh, <laughs> The too young to retire, too old to be hired group. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't think too much about, it, about the name. But, uh, I'm trying to are... see if
0: I could see any. Uh, can... Oh, I've, I've got a team. I know. Yep. It, I would like to submit the Raptors for consideration. The
1: Raptors are absolutely in this category. The Bulls
0: are. The Bulls are in this category. The Bulls
1: are also in this category. I bet you could probably guess. I have five teams in this category.
0: Uh, I I would guess the. Oh, Sam. Still... Oh, the Mavericks are in this group.
1: I do have them in a slightly different category. But that's oh, okay, only, I can't guess any others. You're, so you you're just only give it to wrong. Me. You're only wrong because uh, because you don't know what the other groups are named. So that's that's the uh, that's fair. That's the thing. So, I, I couldn't uh, guess the other ones. Who else you got in this one? Yeah, yeah. So um, definitely the Bulls and the Raptors are the epitome of the kind of like poo or get off the pot, you know, teams where it's like please pick a direction. And <laughs> if, if anything, like please please blow it up, you know. As I I feel like how a lot of NBA fans feel about the bulls and the raptors it's like they kind of just keep being like "Mm, we'll see or they kind of keep being like (laughs) you know like oh you know the visual was great right there (laughs) did a little shoulder shimmy with that (laughs) i don't know i just the bulls and the raptors are two teams that seem like um i can't think of the phrase right now you might need to help me uh english teacher but basically like the sum of their parts is greater than or
0: the the yeah, that's what I've always put. you. Words are hard. Yeah. <laughs> the sum of the parts is less than the equal of the whole. I don't know. Something like that. We'll yeah. get stats department on it. Shh,
1: shh. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's get our producers on this. Uh, where basically, like, they have a lot of guys that, like, should, in theory, hold good trade value. But for some reason, it just is not working on those teams. Yeah. Um, I honestly don't even feel the need to dive more into those two teams beyond that. I do not as
0: well. Uh, I'm with you. They belong in this category because it's like, until I see more from you, I don't care, and we may get one ultimately meaningless play-in game from you, go away. Yeah.
1: The other three teams I have in this category are teams that uh, it's not so much that it's like you should blow it up, it's that they kind of blew it up last year but didn't fully blow it up so they're like better than you know the the magic and the the rockets and teams like that but they're they're still like they're they're trying to build from the middle essentially Mm -hmm. so the other teams i have here were the jazz uh the pacers and the nets where okay they're it's not like they're like building around like a couple really promising rookies and going from there. It's that they have like all star caliber guys on their team, but but just don't quite have the personnel to be in a tier higher than this. Um, I have some more thoughts on some of those teams, but I'm curious what your reaction is to to these teams. So my first thought with the Jazz, um, it, are, are
0: we at a spot where Quinn Snyder? We look at him in five years, three years, even, and we're starting to. I just get a lot of Spo vibes from him. Like he, he just, mm-hmm. he, he kind of took us by surprise, and we didn't realize how good he was because for Spo, it was Spo stood out in Miami. It was he was he was um, buoyed by this LeBron, Bosch, Wade trio. For Snyder, maybe it's the fact that he's in. Freaking Salt Lake city. And he's, he's working with a Colin Sexton, Lori Markinen, Walker Kessler, big three that we just, they kind of sneak up on us and it's like, Oh no, you know, who's really good and has been good for the last half decade is Quinn Snyder out in Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that maybe they have, I uh, use that phrase a lot that the pieces, um, that he knows what buttons to push. They've got the guys that are good in their roles and, and know what is expected of them and are, and, and can thrive in that, um, that to me, the Jazz were a team that they won 37 games uh, last season. Their over under this year was 35.5. I'm not real sure what the slight drop off was for, but for me, this is a team that's going up. And so I, that feels like a lock that they're going to hit that over, that th- this is not a team that's going to diminish in wins. If anything, they're going up. And uh, so,
1: what was the name of this category again this is the <laughs> the uh the the too young to retire too old to be hired group uh cuz it's less it, it's it's that i just kind of i, I kind of don't know what direction the jazz are headed but i i love everything you just said as far as like their team that you know maybe might be outkicking their their coverage but maybe not maybe they really are this good and they are continuing to be on the rise and maybe they are, you know, building from the middle in in exactly the right way. Cause they do have a lot of draft capital now, you know, they, they have, it seems like they're a team that might be poised to like, like they're one move away from being back into like real contention status. Um, Yeah. I wonder if there is a John Collins the
0: eternal uh <laughs> trade target that he you know you flip him you flip some of the capital you've got and you end up with blank you know yeah. small wing blank big forward uh that's just sitting out there waiting um and I would like to I would like to petition the tier creator to potentially move this team up to the next tier depending on whether I believe it
1: fits okay I I respect it Um, well, the, uh, so the next tier up here, actually they, they could fit the, okay, this is the next group I'll do. So the next tier up, uh, which the jazz I absolutely uh, think could be put in this group is the prove you aren't a fluke group.
0: Ooh, see, yeah, that's enticing to me as a, as a new jazz fan, I might have to get a jazz starter jacket on top of
1: our bucks jackets. Perfect. Yeah, there we go. So I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to follow your lead. I'm, I am crossing the jazz off of my. Uh, too young, too old group, and I'm uh, I'm putting them in the preview or Aren't a Fluke group. So here's the other teams I have in here, and then we can dive into which ones um, you want to talk about. I have the Cavs, um, okay. who, by the way, I uh, briefly listened to the first like 10 minutes of our uh, preview pod from last year <laughs> uh, while I was eating lunch today. And um, I, I have to uh, feel good about the fact that I called the Cavs as a home team advantage uh, or uh, home home court advantage team. Last year, you, you you were good on the Cavs yeah. last year. You were ahead of the curve. Yeah. However, don't give me too many props because I had the Sixers <laughs> and the Pelicans as the one seeds. Hey,
0: conference. I wasn't going to
1: bring up your Pells love from last <laughs> year. You did. Yeah. Um. So you know it evens out. Uh. So I had the Cavs as the uh prove that you're a real team. The Knicks, okay. uh, the Kings, and Absolutely. this is this is kind of a maybe maybe an outside one here, but the Thunder. Because you could argue the Thunder is more in that like magic and, you know, um, uh, rockets or whoever we were talking about before. But I feel like there's been a lot of Thunder love in, in NBA media circles recently. And specifically, I think a lot of a lot of this kind of like pro- prove you the real thing to me is a little bit directed at SGA mm-hmm. where um, he's great. But I, I wonder if it's like, are we over hyping SGA Maybe we're not, but, but I see him pop up in a lot of like top 10 when you rank players, like he's in that, like people are putting him in that, like Tatum Booker, like Jimmy Butler range. And I'm like, Uh, is he? So we'll see.
0: I mean, I gotta be honest. We're going to ponder the question uh, very briefly here in a little bit of who's the top fantasy player uh, that you would draft number one overall this season. And SGA was in my top seven. So, nice. I, th- I mean, I think he's he's so impactful. He's a uh, he's a black hole in, in a positive light in the way that he guides that team. He's he's so dynamic in a lot of different ways that uh, I think that this is – this was actually when I was quickly glancing through, getting ready for you to unveil the teams in this category. The Thunder were actually the first team that I thought of as mm. proving not a fluke. Like last year you won 40 games. You barely made the playoffs. You're a 44-and-a-half win over-under team according to Vegas this year. You've got SGA back, didn't end the season on the squad uh, due to injury. So I wholeheartedly concur with this placement for this team. I think, let's see, you got some talent, Thunder. Let's see what you got.
1: Absolutely. Um. So, oh, yeah, so I guess that's it. So the only other team we didn't really talk about here was the Cavs, the Knicks, the Thunder, the Jazz, and the Kings. The Kings are really interesting to me because – uh, it seems like the the grander we here, we meaning like NBA, Twitter, slash media, um, have all now suddenly forgot that the Kings were the three seed in a very loaded West <laughs> last year. And I have forgotten. Hand up, yeah. And like they won a few games in the playoffs against the defending champions at the time, the Warriors. So like, I don't know. I I, I also like don't think of the Kings very often when I think about the the cream of the crop in the West which is why I put them in this category of the, like, I just want to see it again. Like, like prove that this wasn't a flash in the pan, prove that this, you know, type of, of play, you know, offensive uh, fast buckets, you know, type of thing can, can work again. I mean, maybe, maybe they're going to be the next version of, you were talking about the the Quinn Snyder jazz. I mean, maybe they're the next version of like the, they win a bunch of regular season games and then maybe it doesn't quite hold up in the playoffs. I don't know. I, I, I want the Kings to, to continue being good. Like I light that beam, baby. I'm like, I, I love the idea of light the, Kings. the beam. Yeah, I love the idea of the Kings being a great team again. I just want to see it again.
0: You know, there's such an afterthought that as I'm pulling up their, uh, their depth chart, just to remind myself mm-hmm. of what we're working with here and I type in Kings depth chart, the Los Angeles Kings hockey team comes up <laughs> before you get the Sacramento Kings. Um, you know, are you familiar with, you know, being on NBA Twitter, the Peter Parker uh, meme where uh, he's putting on the glasses and he can't really see straight. And then, yeah, it, it, yeah. so that to me is um, the the glasses meme is him and he can't really see straight and it looks like Jokic. And then you take off the glasses <laughs> and you look and it's DeMontis Sabonis. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, he, he, is a,
0: he is a lighter leaner quicker uh version yeah. of Savonis or I'm sorry of uh, Jokic I like watching Savonis as much as I like watching Jokic that passing big man mold um who is not as good of a shooter as
1: Jokic uh, but you can still knock down some shots so I'm with you like the beam let's go Kings yeah well and to that point like I think there are some players that sometimes you have to do the exercise of like if this other player didn't exist, how would we actually feel about this player? Like I remember that was a conversation I saw some take it was a few years ago, but it was like, if Steph Curry didn't play, would we think Dame Lillard is the best shooter of all time? You know, oh, like,
0: that's a spicy take.
1: Spicy. I'm not saying I agree with it. I just it's like a like it. thought exercise though, you know? And and so to that point, like I do wonder if if Jokic didn't exist, he wasn't in the NBA, whatever which like, would be a freaking travesty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's not even entertain that idea. <laughs> but but it does make you wonder, like, what would we think about Sabonis with his ability to to, to pass, to, you know, to, to rebound. Run the floor. To, yeah, honestly. He's he's kind of a unicorn in his own right. It's just now we're so used to, you know, the, the people like Jokic that, that are centers that can do all these guard things, you know. I'm, I'm with you. I'm rooting for the Kings. I think that's a good spot for him. Yeah. Okay, um, this next group is another middle-tier group that, um, to me, it makes sense to clump all these teams together. It's another, like, I could see it going really well. I could see it going really not well. I called this the <laughs> the the Tammy Wynette, Stand By Your Man group. Uh, <laughs> t- Tammy Wynette, classic country singer, had the famous song, Stand By Your Man. Uh, so here's how I think of these. There's five teams here. These are the teams that... They committed to a guy, or they committed to a direction, and they have to stick to it, kind of because they have no other choice. Uh, okay. But can secretly, I... secretly Sorry. behind closed doors, they whisper to each other, "I kind of wish we had gone a different route." So I'm curious who you think fits this tier for me. Okay, are the Heat in this category? Ooh, they're not only because. Okay. uh Yeah, I had another group that the Heat are part of, but I, I could I could absolutely see them in this category too. They're they're right on. Oh. Yeah. The Nuggets. No, I'm sorry, not the Nuggets. The I uh, can't read the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies. Yes, I had the Grizzlies uh, at the top of this group. Um, do you want to keep guessing? I, you're definitely uh, the, on the only right other right one right
0: that I'm definitely thinking of is the Mavs.
1: And the Mavs for sure. So I'll I'll start with the Mavs. Um, I guess I'll uh, I'll just bring this up now. Um, one thing you, that you uh, asked me maybe to prep was. Um, Kind of like biggest—I uh, forget how you phrased it—but like biggest good surprise and like biggest like flub potential. Yeah, the Mavs are my pick for potential biggest flub. Potential. Oh, I am a hundred percent with you there. Oh yeah, dude. It it. I don't know, man. This could look. This could get ugly fast. What's what? What drives me insane is
0: we are a big Shark Tank house. We love to watch the show Shark oh, yeah. Tank. Uh, you know, call us supporters of American innovation, but. The idea that Mark Cuban, as a businessman, would decide to go into business with Kyrie Irving, is (laughs) unfathomable to me. It is it is utterly preposterous that he now practice to hitch his wagon to this loon who dipped on his last
1: three teams. Yeah, yeah, at least I I can't even. I can't even. It. I mean, Kyrie Irving and James Harden are perpetually trying to to go down as the goat of like unreliable quit on your team uh hall of fame guys but (laughs) like you know i I couldn't agree more where um and and honestly it kind of sucks because it's one of those slow burn kind of slow train wrecks over time that like it's is starting to feel inevitable that luca is like gonna probably get out of there unless something huge happens here but like Think about if you were a Mavs fan, think about the hope you had like three seasons ago versus the hope you have now. It's like, what are you hanging on to at this point? Oh, it's bleak. It, it's bleak. And and they had to re-sign Irving because they can't just lose the asset for nothing. But also like, l- l- let's even take the future out of this. Let's just look at like this season. I was looking at that depth chart and I'm like, Kyrie Irving will miss half the season because he's missed half the season every season for the last five or six years. So it's like if Luca's doing everything he can, even with Lucas as special as he is, you're looking up and down that roster and it's like, who who is helping him? I don't know. And I just it it seems so surprising now that uh they made the conference finals like the year before this past year. And maybe, maybe that was Jalen Brunson magic that we just didn't appreciate at the time. I don't know, before he was on the Knicks, but Dude, I, I don't know. This could, like I said, I there's a world in which the Mavs are like they start off, you know, five and eighteen or something, and it's just <sighs> like, what are we doing, you know? Dire, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so Grizzlies, Mavs, spot on with those uh, things. Um, very similar boat uh, to me is the Hawks, where they're okay. another like they, they kind of just keep staying committed to this like Trey Young, Murray. I mean, I mean, to their credit, they did try to do something by getting Murray. They did move Collins. Like they're slowly trying, but they're very similar to Mavs in the sense that you're like, wait, this team went to the conference finals a couple seasons ago. I I percent like, forgot about that. Yeah. Totally yeah. forgot about that. And and it just it's I don't know. It's one of those where it's like they kind of just have to keep Riding the i mean they don't have to i guess but they they're choosing to just keep being like we're gonna we're gonna ride this tray thing for as long as we can because we kind of don't know what else to do um so i think they're they're on par for another like seven seed losing the first round like i just i don't see unless they make some big moves that really work well for them um you know around the trade deadline i just it just seems like it's going to be more of the same uh,
0: you had me uh, talking about that one there. You had me over on the trade machine, and I'm looking at the Hawks, the Heat, and the Mavericks, and I'm like, what mm-hmm. what can we make happen? Uh, mm-hmm. If we get a little Luke at a South Beach, Pat Riley hunting for his star, uh, put Trey Young in Dallas and make something happen in, in Atlanta. But uh, I, I didn't get too far with it,
1: but that's where my mind was at, just saying. I like it. I like it. It would be very ironic to get Trey in Dallas, considering technically Dallas drafted him. And uh, and, and flopped him, and then they flipped him for you know Luka Doncic, which in hindsight, boy, what a steal! Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, uh, okay, last two teams in this uh, stand by your man, you know, stay the course. Type <laughs> what's of what's her name again? I'm not a country person. with Tammy uh, Wynette? Tammy Wynette. Yep. Yeah. The Tammy Wynette category. Yep. The Tammy Wynette <laughs> <Yep. laughs> group. You just you're you're stuck and you can't get out of it. Um, the Pelicans. My beloved Pelicans Ooh, from last year. Your pels. Here's the thing. They they are again. I st- I actually stand by everything I said last year because until Zion got hurt, they were they were on par to be the a top two or three seed. That said, I am now I'm not out on Zion, but I think whatever optimism I had 12 months ago, oof, it's it's tough. Took, it,
0: took a big old hit.
1: Big old hit. A big 315 pound hit. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know and I mean like boy he he was looking ripped in some of these offseason pictures yeah he this was looking just stacked in like the NBA drafts so, I mean and, and he he kind of looks mad uh like he looks like he's like in for a revenge season and I hope he gets it like I I still enjoy rooting for him I would love to see the the Zion and Ingram thing finally work out. I like CJ McCollum. Like I, I like a lot of their pieces. I think it'd be cool if, if it all clicks and they finally get like a fully healthy season with all their guys. Cause we just, we have yet to see it, but that's why I think the Pels are just in that. Like we are, we are riding this Zion train for as far as this line will take us. And eventually maybe we will hit a, hit a stop here or hit the ocean or something. I don't know, but they, I think they just got to keep rolling.
0: Well, and the one thing that talk about stand by your man as opposed to stand by your man's uh, is is it is it's decision time for the Pelicans. They've got to make some sort of uh, determination as to like what what are we doing? Are we are we mm. with Zion? Are we are are we rocking with this boat? Because Ingram, uh, age twenty six, season this year, um, he is in the second last second to last year of his current deal, mm. which typically is. The time for all right let's look ahead what's what's the next deal gonna look like mm. and for the pelicans are we there they're in that zone mm. of are we going to re-up this man or would we like to consider other options in terms of maybe a trade or letting him walk which is you cannot entertain that option but uh right. yeah you're, you're your placement of this team is
1: Terrific because they've got they've got some thinking to do as they stand by their man. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think at this point, like unless unless Zion gets hurt again, I think, again, they have to stick with Zion. Like, I don't think I think it'd be very bold of them to be like, no, Ingram's our guy who wants Zion. Like, I just don't think they're going to do that. Yeah, Um, I don't think so either. But to that point, I would not be surprised to see these two get split up uh, by the trade deadline. But I don't know. I think the other thing here is it, we still have just yet to see them actually get a full season with each other. So, I mean, maybe maybe it works. We'll see. Last team in this uh standby Your Man category. Uh, and this was a tough one to place because it's a little different for this team. But it's the same in the sense of, like, they made a big decision and they kind of have to just keep rolling with it. It's the Timberwolves. Yep. Where they they made the Rudy <laughs> Gobert trade last summer, and it's just like, well, we we can't look dumb. I mean, we already look dumb, so like we just got to ride it out and hope that w- the decision is redeemed. Like, and and I don't know. It's you know, I think conventional wisdom would have traded some of their assets away to go younger, to go you know, try to fit quote unquote Anthony Edwards timeline a little bit better. Cause he's obviously their guy like, you know, uh, Kat at one time was one of the most coveted assets in the league in terms of like what his future could look like. His future did not pan out that way. He's still a very good player, but, uh, clearly Edwards is, is the guy. And if they hit a point where it's halfway through this year and the, uh, the Gobert Towns experiment just continues to flop, um, I think they got to figure out a way out. But for now, they're just in that, like, we're going to keep riding out this decision we've made and we'll see what happens.
0: I feel like I was trying to come up with the right comparison in my head. It feels like what the Timberwolves did in going all in for Rudy Gobert of all players and and now being stuck with it is Kristen and I are in the mode of, like, probably get me a new car at some point. I've got a, I've got one that's over a decade old. It's up there in mileage. but But we've got two cars that are SUVs and it, you know, it might be time. Electric is kind of the thing now and uh, you may be going smaller, to preserve the gas and all that. And um, it, it would be like, instead of making the right decision to, to really go all in on my car and make sure that we have a set two, um, we decide to buy a third Hummer. <laughs> and now <laughs> and now we're 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 stuck with this car that does not fit present day um it it is going to tie us down for a while with the payments and yeah. it's just entirely unnecessary because we had two good working cars why did we get this third one that is like what are you what are you doing yeah
1: <laughs> i i love that comparison that is so good yeah. It's like you bought a Hummer and then you also told Hummer, here's, uh, our future child as well.
0: Uh, <laughs> the Hummer said, we'd like for you to pay, uh, $580 a month. And we said, that's good, but we'll give you seven ten. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How about we give you even more than what you asked for? <laughs> like, Oh, okay. Yeah. The T-wolves
0: are, uh, in an interesting spot and they're yeah. not an, an exciting team because of what they're bogged down with financially. And, uh, Having to acquiesce to Cat, to Ant Man. Sorry, uh, while they're bogged down by
1: these two colossal players and contracts. Yeah, it. I mean, again, another team on paper could look great. It just it it. This category bums me out a little bit, honestly. All of these teams. <laughs> it does. They're the teams that you're like. I'm just bummed for you. Like you, you thought you had the guy, and you sort of do, but now it's like what direction do you go? I don't know. We didn't really talk about the Grizzlies much here.
0: So I, I had that question for you. Can job ja be a, uh, I guess the NBA doesn't do comeback player of the year, but can you, can you be a comeback player if it's
1: um, you, you're putting yourself off the court? <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know what to make of, of the jaw thing, to be honest, where it, it, I mean, the whole thing is strange. We don't need to rehash any of it. But you present a good question. It's like, can he poise himself as the like the comeback kid? The can his his uh, off court image be redeemed in a way that makes his on court what makes him special? Because, I mean, people were people were all in on him being like he was the next great American star. And then like overnight, it was like, bro, what what are you doing? And so it
0: was, it was, I was literally at my brother's for the weekend and I was there Friday <laughs> night into Saturday and it was overnight. We woke up Saturday we we're like, oh my gosh, John Morant put yeah. himself in purgatory.
1: Yeah. It's, it's one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen in the NBA. Like I don't even I couldn't even tell you another, another example of something like this. Cause it's not like, which frankly, like wouldn't have surprised me had this happened to John Morant either. It's not like a Derrick Rose thing where he was like. Suddenly, who ironically also on the Grizzlies now, but like, it's not like he was just this electrifying player that just flew a little too close to the sun and was like too athletic for his own good and then tore his his ACL and then the rest is history and, and he wasn't the player same player Sense. It was like this guy who like was on top of the basketball world and then was just like, I'm letting myself get peer pressured into things that take me off the court. I, I don't know. It's just... It's strange.
0: I, I'm sitting here trying to come up with a parallel. Basketball, football, baseball, I, nothing is coming to mind. And maybe something will. I'll wake up at 3 in the morning and, oh, that would have been good. And I could have mentioned it, <laughs> but it, nothing yeah. is coming to me right now. It's it's um, as close to unprecedented as it comes to a, like you're saying, a star athlete, potential future face of the NBA. He's what, like 23 years old and just <laughs> crapped it out. Yeah. Real it's quick. Just,
1: it's weird. So, I mean, to, to your point, he is like 23 years old. He's got a lot, uh, assuming his health stays, stays right. And assuming he <laughs> stays right off the court, he's got a lot of basketball left, left in him. And I mean, I think the the Grizzlies strike me as a team that like, they're not panicking. They're, they're in this for the long haul. They're not going to give up on jaw anytime soon. They're going to, you know, have him serve his his time or whatever you know and and make it work but in terms of how i predict them this upcoming season they're another like i could see them being a a three seed i could see them missing the play-in and i think a lot of it just has to do with how do they fare without Ja. historically they've actually done pretty well without him uh with past teams and especially since they did add you know marcus smart and derrick rose you know to a lesser extent like that can kind of uh, fill, fill that time while, while they're missing job. But, um, I don't know. Yeah. we'll we'll see. I could see, uh, I could see this being a team that like, you kind of look back on and you're like, Oh man, they were, they were headed towards being like a perennial contender. And then they kind of just imploded, you know,
0: we'll be, we'll be getting 30 for 30 on this team, their floor and their <laughs> ceiling are, are 15 uh, floors apart.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Seriously though. Um, all right, final category. Which, uh, speaking of, you know, low low floors and high ceilings. This is actually my my final tier. So this is the tier I have right below the the top shoe in group tier, like the the full blown contenders. So this is kind of like they're the contenders, but it's very shaky. Uh, specifically, I named this the 2026 is not a real year group. <laughs> so the lakers and the sixers are two that come immediately to mind yes exactly this is the we we had to take out a second mortgage (laughs) so that we had enough gambling money group like (laughs) they are all in and the clippers yep yeah i had so the six teams here uh, i mean you basically named them all it's uh it's the suns it's the lakers it's the clippers it's the warriors which i'd be interested to talk about in a second it's the sixers and the heat you could argue the Heat are in that that other group we just talked about. The kind of like we just gotta gotta stick with our our decision group, but but you know they are that. Uh, what what all these teams have in common besides the fact that they have just gone all all in on the now? Like these are the these are the if we, if we were trying to do power rankings for four years from now, I do not expect any of these teams to be good. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but it could be worth it because these are all teams that like in on paper, in theory, should be if you know, at least playoff uh guarantees, if not real title contenders. Um but but boy, compared to the Nuggets, the Celtics and the Bucks, these are the teams that have equal potential to to have this go very sideways uh as much as they could go very right. It feels to me like the I, I don't know why I'm
0: in analogy mode. I'm my brain is losing I'm oxygen. All in. I love it. <laughs> uh the, the Nuggets are are a matchbox. The Celtics are a matchbox. Mm-hmm. The the Bucks, they've they've got these matches. They're willing to prolong things. They can last out a season, they can go two seasons and go three seasons. They got a lot of ammo. Uh the the Lakers and the and the Sixers, the the Sixers might not be a whole match. Uh the Lakers <laughs> Are one ma- they've lit one match and they're just staring at it like
1: how long we think this can go. <laughs> <laughs> also, a great visual just now for for those that are yeah. you know, podcast feed you. Like, yeah, hold, holding up my match hold, the match yeah. to the
0: cameras. Uh, the the Sixers are the one that intrigued me the most because um, this hard talk about unprecedented bozo situations. This situation with Harden has gotten out of control and and it is now almost a detriment on the sport that I love, that one of its premier teams and one of its biggest markets uh, has basically turned into my two-year-old when I don't let her do something that she wants to do. Uh, (laughs) Daryl Morey has enabled James Harden for a decade and uh, even switched cities with him, wanted him. And now, who knows what story is going to come out, but now because of one thing that was said or done, uh, James Harden is the toddler sitting in the corner saying, I'm not doing this until you do what I want. And uh, it's it's ridiculous. It's childish. And there, I, I don't see there's any way that that guy's on that team by Christmas. So it becomes a team that probably is going to maybe recruit some recoup some capital, uh, but also maybe even give up capital because that might be how tainted a
1: product uh,
0: James Harden is at this point.
1: Yeah, it, I, I'm, i every time something has come out about James Harden this year, it leaves me more speechless. I mean, it just, it's really. It's like, uh, come on, man, what are you doing? I, it, I mean, it, it, this goes back to like, it's equally as baffling as Jaws off court decisions or as, uh, the Mavericks being like, yeah, we think Kyrie Irving is going to be good for our team. <laughs> like it, it's in that same category of like, what is this dude doing? I. I, I don't know, man. And it's, it from, from a pure basketball standpoint, like, I do think James Harden, on paper, could still be the second best player on a real title contender. Sure. And he was he, last year. He was, you know, especially, yeah, you, you could argue the Sixers were a legitimate title contender. It just didn't work out for them. I am starting to get a little bit like, mm, will Joel get out of the second round, <laughs> you know, start, like a lot of people, but... Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. This is the, the Sixers are a team that, uh, I just, I don't see where this goes. Uh, and you know, maybe it works out, but ugh, I, this, this looks, I, I would not want to be a Sixers fan this season what because it just, yeah.
0: What's the name of this category? 2026 does not exist. 2026 does not exist. Or that's <laughs> not a real year. <laughs> the Sixers are in the camp. Like. The Sixers for me are twenty twenty four might not exist.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I don't
0: know what that's going to look like. Um, The the next one on your list here, the Lakers, to me, this is just me personally, I don't feel like this is a championship team anymore. I don't believe in LeBron to carry a team to be a championship team. I definitely don't believe in Anthony Day-to-Day Davis uh, (laughs) to carry a team. This is a team, 43 win last year, 47 and a half is their uh, over-under this year. I like the under for the Lakers. And to me that it's not even a team worth talking about as a title contender anymore. This is a team entirely fixated on one player who's worth it and he's meant a tremendous amount to a league that we love, but he is it's brawny watch time for LeBron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh th- they're
1: just not a viable candidate for uh, contention anymore for me. Yeah, you could argue that the Lakers should actually maybe be the tear down the uh the stand by your stand by your guy crew, yeah, you know. You that could make easily I, I mean I think I'm i am slightly higher on the Lakers than you but but you I i don't outright disagree with anything you just said and I think it's it's funny how much the pendulum swings on kind of like the NBA's idea of teams and because the Lakers made the conference finals last year I think we went from being like the Lakers are, are trash all the way back around to being like you know when Anthony Davis and LeBron James are right they're the best duo in the league you know so it I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's tough to expect LeBron to be LeBron in year 21. And I think most, most NBA fans like recognize that at this point, um, this could be some incredible Cinderella story. Like if, if things break the right way, I could see them making a legitimate run, but, but I agree They're Maybe they, maybe we should put them a tear down.
0: Well, uh, LeBron LeBron's window is that when you look at the West, who who are the team? You know the Bucks and the Celtics, great in the East. Who are the teams that are jumping out to you in the West? It's all could be this, yeah. But it also could you know it could go poorly. Like even the Nuggets, yeah, the Nuggets, yeah, they could be the world's greatest team again. Eh, but there also could be a hangover. So that the opportunity is there for LeBron.
1: Absolutely, and I think that's that's what the part of me that still keeps them in that closer tier is just the pure uncertainty of it because, and this all goes back to the start of our conversation. This is why I had to just do this in in groups instead of trying to make a prediction one through 15 Mm -hmm. because like teams like the Grizzlies, the, the Lakers um, we haven't talked about like Clippers or warriors, but like the Kings, the Thunder, the the Pelicans, the T-Wolves, the, you know, the, the Blazers even it's like, you look at these teams and you're like, depending on, a couple things that do or don't go right. And depending on health and stuff, I'm like any of these teams, you could tell me have home court advantage, or you could tell me they missed the play And I'd be like, sure. I believe you. So, it,
0: I, yeah. Yeah. You're, uh, you're bringing up the Clippers sharing my two cents on that. It is two cents. I'm not believing anything until I see it with that team. They, 100%. Me, Kawhi. Um, if Kawhi is your first or second best player on your team, I don't know that you're getting thirty. I, I I don't know that you're getting thirty games out of him. Like you're gonna get your fifty, but those other thirty, I'm not so sure. Uh, and and for that reason, I just cannot take that day. Now he was fantastic when he came back last year. He was uh, a typical Kawhi, a machine out there. But it's the it's the getting that that I worry about actually coming to
1: fruition. And for that reason, I, I can't entertain them as an option until I see it. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more on that. They they are actually a team that I also was like, oof, this could be, this could get get really ugly depending on how this goes. And so, so maybe they're just a stand by your man, you know, team too. But um, <laughs> I, I put them in this it needs category. To be like a, it's like a super tier of stand by your man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, because to me. It's small. It's a small little sliver of hope. But to me, there is that chance that, like, if they do get that season where all their guys are are on the court, uh, you know, it's hard to say that they that it's not possible that they could come out of the West, especially because we just talked about how all these teams, you know, uh, are, are one move or one injury or one whatever away from from being the best team in the West. Um, here's a here's a follow up question for you. Yeah, who would you rather?
0: under which circumstance would you rather reside next year? Uh, so not this current season, but next season mm-hmm. you've got, you're already on the hook for paying $43 million to 31 year old Anthony Davis or door number two, you're employing Kawhi Leonard who picks up his $48 million player option in his <laughs> age 33 season. I
1: love this question. Uh,
0: it's a miserable actually, question.
1: It's miserable. Um, Maybe there's recency bias here. I, I think it's Anthony Davis. I you really take, do. You
0: take that door. You take. I, I would Davis.
1: take. I would take the Anthony yeah. Davis door because I think at this point in their careers, even Anthony day to day Davis, at least you're still when there's still that potential that because he's young enough, he's still gonna when he is on the court look like some version of his old self. I think Kawhi's getting to that point especially cuz he just had that other injury. I don't know. I didn't like read how long he's going to be out for or whatever, but remember he like he got injured halfway through the first round of the playoffs last year and so it's like is he going to miss another year? I just it's it's bleak at this point where like Ka- Kawhi just might never be it's not that he's never going to play again, but he just he's it's looking like he could not be the player ever again that he used to be. And so um 48 million for Kawhi next year or whatever it was, 38 million or 41 million.
0: 41, I think, for Anthony Davis. Uh, yeah. I, I 43. I 31. Okay,
1: yeah. I would take 31. I would take 31-year-old Anthony Davis over 30-whatever version of Kawhi for sure. I think I'd probably agree with that as well. Yeah. What's really crazy is that <laughs> to say that you'd take 40-year-old LeBron over either of those guys is <laughs> yeah. not a hot take.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's Pretty wild uh and that's why I was explaining to a, a teacher coworker recently who was has saw the LeBron news that he just kind of re-upped his deal again um, and he's so savvy for doing that every other year where he takes the the one plus the option for one mm-hmm. um and the, we we're having the conversation of would you would you pay for that would you sign off that paycheck and uh, I very quickly I answered yes he's been he's been worth it for your. Your uh, franchise, he is worth it as a global um, heliocentric
1: mm-hmm.
0: icon that, uh, yeah, you don't even hesitate. 39-year-old LeBron, $47 million this year, $51 million player option next year at age 40. Um, to quote Ryan Rochella, I'm thinking he's going to pick that up.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'd pay LeBron. I'm with you. I think I agree. I think he... You take that one over either Kawhi or Anthony Davis.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, we don't need to turn this into some LeBron <laughs> fest here, but like even, you know, 20 season, 22 season, 23 LeBron, he's still going to be one of the smartest players that's ever played. As long mm-hmm. as his heart's still in it, like, and he'll still, I mean, he's going to continue to get slower. He's going to continue to to have more ailments, but he's still going to like be a tank. He'll still know how to like back into people and, Yeah. I'm with you. It just, it's, it's wild. We've never seen it. We, um, we didn't uh, really talk about the, the Suns or the warriors who the Suns, especially it's crazy have near the top. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll throw it back to you. Do you, do you want to either of those teams? Do you have any uh, thoughts about,
0: I think for me, the warriors, it's crazy. We're going to talk about the Suns because they were the team that kind of shined the brightest, no pun intended for the off season. Mm -hmm. Um, the Warriors to me I think are in the opposite camp of the Clippers where the Clippers never win anything. I'll 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 be good. You can show me when you do. Um the Warriors, it's almost like you've shown me what you've done. I don't think we're getting that again. I'd mm-hmm. be happy surprised if if we do. But I'm kinda out for that reason until we see it again. Um and I is that where you're at with the with the uh, Warriors?
1: I am. I actually um and granted, I was wrong a couple years ago about them. Uh I did not think they were still a contender two years ago, and sure enough, they brought home the title. That said, I one of these years it's gonna finally be like, oh yeah, it's it's over. It it's done. And and not necessarily for Steph, uh, but but for the the Steph, Clay, Draymond, yes. Steve Kerr thing, I think uh yeah, I think this is this year might feel like some type of a last dance for them situation. Um but I yeah, I, I think they're destined for another, you know, somewhere in that like six to eight seed range. Um probably first round exit, you know, it just they're gonna be good, but it's 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 not gonna be inspiring in the way It used to, and, and I think like a lot of these teams we've talked about, about how it's just so hard to predict. There is a version in which, you know, if, if Steph, he is getting older, he's, especially for a guard, his size mid thirties, like it, it's very possible. He misses another stretch of, you know, 20, 30, 40 games. And if he does it, yeah, you're looking at this roster and it's like, sure, maybe, maybe they're able to hold, hold on, but I don't know. I, I, I did want to say, too, I'm very dubious of this uh, Chris Paul, uh, <laughs> Steph Curry experiment. Uh, another thing that it's like, yeah, it could work, but uh, we'll see.
0: Chris Paul and Draymond is like, for me, two students that I, I think I probably shouldn't put them in the same group, you know, in a group work <laughs> something or other. And then I realized, yeah, but all my other groups look good. I, I'm just going to try it. And then next thing you know, one's punching the other in the uh, neck
1: and... <laughs> Things have gone very haywire. Um, Steph's going to age. Has anyone had a worse offseason than Chris (laughs) Paul? He went from being like the captain of the Suns and they had Kevin Durant and were looking like a real contender. (laughs) And then he got traded to the Warriors or the Wizards. And he's like, man. And then he got traded to the Warriors, which he probably was almost like, I would rather have been on a crappy Wizards team than like play with my arch nemesis or whatever. Anyway, sorry, what were you gonna say about Steph? He he's gonna age
0: gracefully because he's a shooter. He can he can pull off a Reggie Miller late in his career. He can be Ray Allen late in his career. But you're right, it's it's the the team around him. And you, you made the comment about the last dance. I almost hope it's what we're not seeing with Lee Corso on college game day on Saturdays right now. I I hope that we get a maybe not with Steve Kirk because he's a coach, he just sits over there on the bench, but that we get a guys can we like they turn to each other and say guys can we can we make the collective decision like this is it for us right we, we don't need to tout this thing on for another half decade let's publicly state that this is our last year together um for clay draymond steph steve kerr the tickets would be outrageous cross country would be a you know it'd be like metallica touring in their final year <laughs> rolling stones whatever and They go out on their terms, and maybe that means they end up as a seven seed, and they flame out in uh, in Sacramento, you know, in the first round of the playoffs. But it's going out on their terms, as opposed to it sort of dissolving,
1: you know, piece by piece over the next several years. Absolutely, I I would love that, and I you just never see that in sports. It's very rare. I mean, sometimes you have the Kobe Bryant, Derek Jeter, like, all right, I'm clearly done, so I'm gonna, you know. I'm going to turn this into a a national tour. Uh, Right. But you don't see what, yeah, what you don't see is, is what you're describing where it's like this core that has had this sustained, incredible run be like, let's, let's end it the way we want to end it. Let's give it one more go. Maybe we'll have a Cinderella, you know, movie esque ending to this. And maybe we won't. And either way we're going to, We're going to compete our hardest. We're going to have some fun. We're going to go our separate ways. Uh, I think what's, what's going to be tough about that, besides the fact that the warriors just continue shelling out money for these guys. uh, And perhaps that's out of obligatory sense. Like perhaps they're like, these guys gave us four titles. Uh, We kind of need to pay them for it. As long as Tammy (laughs) want stand by your man, you know what? Maybe we should have put them in this group. I, Yeah, I think what's going to be tough there is that the the Warriors continue giving out these contracts. It's it's very obvious that Draymond and Clay still think of themselves as those guys, and they're going to keep pushing for... They've publicly said as much. We're going to... Like, we deserve to be paid. The Warriors need to pay us. And um, it's going to be tough to... The longer they hang on to those contracts, the harder it is going to be to trade those contracts. And I think we are, you know, we might get five more years of, of the Steph Drake Lehman thing, and four of those five might not look very great. Um I think at this point Steph is for sure ending his career in Golden State. I can't say with confidence that anyone else on that team is. Yeah. That's that's a uh, that's a
0: heating up take. That's a it's getting warmer there. I don't know that it's hot, but uh the the last team, the Suns, that we really haven't hit on. Um i g we'll see. I, I don't know about this whole Booker Bradley, Beal, uh, Durant thing. Durant hasn't have a had a full healthy season in a few years now. Mm-hmm. And uh Bradley Beal is he is he a championship level three? Do they have the depth around them? Um and is Frank Vogel the guy to lead this team through the wilderness? I have some doubts there. Uh, it's partly why I think the West is fairly open, that I, I just don't trust this very magnetic, star-studded uh, Phoenix team that's probably going to be willing to throw money at the trade deadline, at, at waiver buyout guys,
1: and maybe that bolsters this team. Where are you at with the Suns? Uh, almost the exact same boat. I mean, almost every – power ranking i've seen have the suns second to only the nuggets and you know it makes sense if only because it's like who else is is that team in the west it's it's just so uncertain across the board that said i'm i'm with you if it if it all works it it could be very scary for all these teams but i'm yeah kevin durant is is old and injury prone uh beal and booker are two shooting guards who have traditionally been the number one option for several years on their teams how is that going to work they don't really have a true point guard in that lineup and maybe that works out like maybe they don't need that guy to dish it out maybe they just my turn they need somebody
0: with booker because it's not booker
1: it's not Booker. i mean i i read a report that apparently beal is going to serve as the point guard which i mean okay like we'll see but good luck Good luck. So, yeah, it it could be very exciting. They could be scoring a hundred and eighty points a night, and and
0: know, they win by four.
1: Yeah, and they win by four because <laughs> nobody's on the other end of the floor. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really have much more to add than what you said beyond that. Do you well, want me to really quick? I'll recap just just in thirty seconds these these tiers because I know yeah. We're go for about it, and then maybe we, an could, maybe
0: we could maybe we could rip through some just real quick because uh, we've talked so much about these teams. You want to uh, finish
1: up with our categories, and then we'll rip through some awards.
0: All yeah, right, so absolutely. summary
1: of the categories here. What do we have? All right, top tier: the shoe and Group Nuggets, Celtics, Bucks. Next year down: the twenty twenty six doesn't for us <laughs> uh, Suns, Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, I love that name. Sixer, Heat. <laughs> uh next tier is the um well these these two tiers are kind of uh on the same category the uh the prove that you're real or prove you aren't a fluke group the calves the knicks the kings the thunder the jazz the uh tammy wynette (laughs) stick it out with your man group grizzlies pelicans timberwolves mavs hawks um that's generally the uh the um the cutoff and then the uh the kind of in the middle you know could go one direction could go the other uh Nets, Bulls, Pacers, Raptors. Um I did really quick want to say, uh, you asked me, you know, the biggest love, biggest surprise. I can't believe I'm gonna say this. The Nets, I think, could be better than we're giving them credit for. Hold I that thought. S- uh <laughs> future starts that. early, magic pistons, blakers, rocket spurs, and then the bottom of the bottom is Hornets and Wizards. Okay, here's the here's the thing I want to say about the Nets, and then we'll move on to awards, because I forgot to say this earlier. Um, I was looking at their depth chart the other day, and I got stuck on the Mikhail Bridges, uh, Ben Simmons, Nick Claxton front court. And I'm like, wait a second. On paper, that should be the best defensive front court. Sorry, that's what I meant, front court. That should be the best defensive front court in the NBA because Mikhail Bridges was a Defensive Player of the Year runner-up. Ben Simmons was a Defensive Player of the Year runner-up. And Nick Claxton was second in the NBA in blocks last year. Terribly underrated as a defender. Yeah. And I can't believe I'm about to say this. I debated all day if I was going to say this to you because Bum Simmons has been a uh, a constant uh, source of enjoyment for us to to rag on. I don't know, man. He might be back. <laughs> oh about my made you, gosh. about made you spit out your drink just now. We'll see. There's no
0: way. There's no way. Here's the other problem: <laughs> they've got him listed as their starting point guard. Yeah. I, so That's I don't know good. how that works. That he's bringing the ball up and shooting with the wrong hand, and <laughs> then getting back on D to be one of their front court guys. Yeah. That that also assumes that he's actually going to play. And, true. Uh, All that is true. I mean, the the rest of the lineup is there. Uh, you could be right about that, but uh, let's.